It's season four of Soulful Connections. I'm Amanda Solar, host and creator of this podcast. Join in as I get to connect with people who are living their most meaningful and intentional and authentic lives. Listen in and let's connect. Connection. Okay, so Stacy Mahalan, how long has it been since we've been talking about you being on the podcast? It's been years. I think it's been since before I actually started doing the podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> I think I said, I want to do a podcast or I'm going to do a podcast or something, you know, and, you know, we, we never really knew what the topic was going to be. And, and you've had so many guests who have shared and revealed such who've been through such, you know, trauma or on the other side of things, amazing journeys and, you know, I, our topic, we talked about typos, right? <laughs> Which yes. is just a far reach from all of your other guests, but you know, they strike a nerve with they people. Do. And you know what, Stacey, that's probably more relatable. You know what I mean? Everybody's made them and everybody's yes. seen other people's typos and what triggered the typo story was I, I have this phobia about typos because I've made yeah. so many and I know they're out there and there's always that person who's like, look, you made a typo and you, and you just crumb, yes. or at least I crumble. I'm like, it's just such a feeling of exposure. Right. And mm -hmm. one time you called me or I called you, I don't remember how how we were ended up on the phone together and you could tell I was upset and you asked me what I was upset about. And I told you that I had just submitted, you know, all these earmarks and they were done in Google doc. And then I had to resubmit them, which was a good thing because they were going forward. And, um, I then put them in word cause I had to edit them. And then when I put them in word, it was like, bells went off. It was horrible. I saw, I didn't realize that Google docs doesn't, or I didn't know how, I don't know what the case is, you know, doesn't underline your mistakes. So when I put it in the uh, word document, they, they were just all over the place. And I was like horrified and embarrassed. And, um, so I was on the phone with you. I will say as an aside, we did get the $715,000 earmark. So the typos didn't matter. But right. you shared with me this really great moment that you had about typos that I think you should share. Okay. Well, Stacy, I love this topic because it, it does strike a nerve. And I know no one is ever as gleeful, let me just say, as when they find your typo. You know, I there's know. a whole thing. They, I have a woman, when I worked at the chamber, I would send out a, a you know, 
relentless emails and I was pretty easy on myself because the workload was intense. I was sending out lots and lots of emails and I was like, yeah, there's a typo, deal with it. But there was this one woman, <laughs> oh my gosh, it was her favorite, favorite thing to go. It's Wednesday, June 3rd, not Thursday, June 3rd or whatever it was. She was so happy. And then I kind of, I got like, I think I got aggressive. <laughs> like I was like, yeah, so, <laughs> but the story I shared with you, I mean, back in the day, like in, in the early nineties, I was working late at the chamber. I I worked at the chamber of commerce for like <laughs> a big <laughs> chunk of my adult life. So there I was, you know, in my twenties working away, it's very dark. And I read this column in the Philadelphia Inquirer and it was talking about, I don't fully remember, but it was talking about like artists and um, how there was nothing great art, you know, culturally in Central Bucks anymore. And I was like, oh, there are so is. And I dashed off a letter to this columnist who was very well known and said, you know, this is the, this is one artist. And I was citing, you know, George Kaufman and Oscar Hammerstein and whatever. <laughs> I shot it off. No one proofread it, not even me. And never thought about it again. I was like really feeling proud of myself. Like I told him. And then maybe a week went by and lo and behold, in the Philadelphia Inquirer, this columnist put my Amanda then Sullivan's letter filled with inaccuracies and typos, citing dead people as if they were alive. <laughs> you know, it was bad. And he proceeded to use his column to just ridicule me. You know, like this is the dumbest woman alive. And, you know, and so I was like, I am so deeply ashamed. My, I loved my boss at the time. He was my mentor. He was this man who had taken this little businessman's club from like 24 guys in town and, and had grown this chamber to be like 2,500 businesses. And I thought it was brilliant. And I thought, how can I ever face him with my shame? This is what I've done. He's going, and he was very meticulous too. And he came in my office and I was sitting there and I looked up at him and I wanted to be strong, but a tear just went down my cheek as I stared at him. And he said, oh, don't you worry. We'll get him. <laughs> I, I think that's great. I, I mean, it's just like full circle on the typo. I mean, you wrote this letter that was just full of zeal and passion. And that should have been the point, right? But yeah. he, he didn't seem to comment on the content, but just chose to just dive into yes. all those typos. And, and you just feel so exposed and small. And, yeah. and then, you know, here your boss, where you were feeling shame, like you reflected poorly on the organization. And he just stood right behind you and said, well, get him. Oh, yeah. 
he was a one of a kind because he was like, I mean, then he gave me a hug and, you know, it was incredible because that is how we should be for one another. And I think part of the reason with the typos is, you know, we've both had kind of high profile jobs. So you were with, you know, CB Cares, you were with Lenape Valley Foundation, you were deputy chief of staff for a congressman, you know. Um, very public stuff very is going on there. public roles. And so I think it also adds, it adds a level of, I don't know, is it risk or there's something you're really exposed when you have any kind of community leadership role. Right. And I think yeah. that part of it is just, you know, I think as people, maybe especially women, we want to be perfect. We feel like we're expected to be perfect. Right. And, you know, and the the thing about your situation and then my situation with getting the grant is none of the typos really mattered, <laughs> you yeah. know, it, right. it, it didn't matter. Um, did other people not notice? Did they notice, you know, um, your boss? I don't, it doesn't sound like he for one second thought how this was going to reflect on the organization, but he just cared about what you were going through at that moment for for, you know, what you tried to do. He was, he was more impressed with, you know, what you tried to do and, and for the community, because it was, he was bashing the community, this columnist, and you were fighting for it. And that's what the priority was, not yes. your grammar. But I've had bosses where I made much less of a, an egregious mistake. You know, I've had where I put you instead of your or something like that. And I've had bosses who were, you know, I've had a boss who was like, oh, oh my gosh, I'm going to look so bad because, you know, Amanda made this typo. And so I've also had that kind of a thing where, you know, I've had somebody who says, this is going to make me look so bad and you're designed mm -hmm. to make me look good. Right. And you know? I, I think it says a lot that the other boss that you had, maybe it was your first boss, was yeah. more concerned about how you felt rather yeah. than what had happened. And, you know, um, I could think of two incidents when I did work in the congressional office, we would send out high school congratulations to the high school graduate letters. And um, the first year we did it, um, I didn't write it. And a bunch of us proofread it, but nobody noticed the last sentence did not have a period at the end of it. So, of course, we get a email from not the student, but the student's mom, who also happened to be a teacher, who decided, you know, that this was an important thing for her to take up and, you know, ridicule us. And yeah, we all felt horrible. Like not only was it a typo, but it was <laughs> it was in the That's high school crazy. graduation letter, um, which you know. So we already felt bad enough. We and 
I don't know if anybody ever brought it to the, the congressman's attention, but we did feel really awful about that. And, you know, it was a period happened. that was missing. It was a period that was missing in the last line of the letter. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. my gosh. Um, yeah. So, and I'm sure that was not the only typo that went out of that yeah. office. But. You know, I really got to the point where, you know, I've, I've traveled a grammatical road <laughs> because I, I see this all the time on social media. People will, first of all, there's this one test that people take and they go, <clears throat> this is an IQ test. If you take it and you catch all of the errors, you're brilliant or something. But the errors are like anybody, a, a fourth grader would catch these errors. I mean, right. then everybody's brilliant, which is good news for all of us. But it's this thing where I see people will just kind of say, well, can you believe that people say you instead of your or you're without an apostrophe. And there's just this kind of weird um, rage or anger about it. You and I peruse social media off fairly regularly. And, you know, I didn't even think about it when I set it up, but my Twitter profile says that, um, what does it say? It says local government and community advocate appreciates a good park, also appreciates good pizza and bad at catching typos. Like, that's just <laughs> what I wrote on there. That but is so funny. It's funny because, you know, I was an editor of a magazine. I've written a bunch. I have made more faux pas as it relates to the written word than probably anyone. Except me. <laughs> I mean, I remember writing a restaurant review of a very fine French restaurant and I was commenting about the crab, the crab soup and it published as the crap soup. <laughs> <laughs> Which did not make me feel good. And then another time, because I had this magazine that I was the editor of, I had somebody out there in the community, they never signed their name, but I would regularly get an, get a, an envelope with one of my stories or a story that I had edited with little red corrections. <laughs> they would correct my stuff and send it to me. Maybe that's why I'm so thick skinned about it at this point, mm -hmm. or maybe I'm not thick skinned. Maybe my aggression is a sign that I'm very thin skinned. I'm not sure. I'm really sensitive about it. I mean, I, I just feel like it's such a failure. If there's a typo in something, it just, I, I don't know how else to say it. I just feel so exposed by it. But I wonder if grammar, sort of like penmanship and handwriting, I wonder if with AI, if grammar is just going to be one of those things that goes by the wayside, that it becomes really less of a value in society because we have things like Grammarly, which I love, <laughs> Um and, you know, other mechanisms like that. So what do you think about that? You know, you just really made me think, I, I think it will. And I think that there's always a group of people that are like, can you believe kids don't use cursive anymore? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, suck it up. They don't. We live in a world where cursive is not as important as it was back in the day when we weren't technologically advanced, I guess. And 
it's kind of as if somebody took like old English and said, why right. are you saying thee and thou? Well, because we don't, we've evolved past that. And maybe or it's why, not. Why aren't you writing with an inkwell anymore? I mean, that's, that's what right. it is. I mean, when we went from pens, from inkwells to pens, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. And, you know, but what you said also makes me really think, um, you know, when you said, you know, it's a sensitive spot and I kind of feel like a failure. I can tell you the reason that it felt so sensitive to me is because this is, this is so weird. But when I was growing up, just being blonde, there was like that whole blonde, dumb blonde thing. Mm -hmm. And that used to make me crazy because I always felt stupid. And when people would laugh, you know, because I can say silly things and I like to joke and, and whatever. And I probably, I don't know, maybe I played into it as a young girl, but whatever it was, it really stung. When I was younger, I really didn't like people thinking that I was stupid. And that is a sensitive spot for me. So I think maybe that's what it was for me. I thought, I don't like that you think I'm stupid. What do you right. think it is for you that makes it a sensitive issue? I think it's it's exposure, but I think it's um like lack of control. Like I... Once you make that typo when it's out there, you lose control of the situation. Yeah. Yeah. And meanwhile, like control, I was just thinking about this the other day. It's control is so such an illusion because we have no control of anything. Right. You know, we, we don't control ourselves. We don't control our brains. We think we control our brains, but we really don't. And we don't control our children. And I'm definitely not there. Yeah. <laughs> There's just so little control in life. And maybe that's the, that's the scary thing about it. Right. And, and the other thing too, is how much for the most part, like how much are people really reading and paying attention to it? Like yeah. there are times where that typo goes out and probably nobody has noticed. And if that one person does notice, you know, it's like just that one person, but well, and you know, if that one person, so there's always that person and it usually is the same person and they just glory in finding it. And, you know, what I've also realized through the years is that there might be a person or people who think, yeah, Amanda's not the brightest bulb in the batch. <laughs> Maybe she's not that bright, but I do remember, I think I turned a corner I remember when I was um, in the hospital with Clara and Clara was really ill. She was really, really young. And I had to disagree with the doctors about some really life or death things. Wow. And I can remember sitting there, there was a crowd of doctors who disagreed with what I was doing, but I thought this needs to be done. I, I think she's going to die if we do what they want to do. And I can remember thinking, okay, they either think I'm crazy or stupid or both. Mm -hmm. And then I remember thinking, oh, well. <laughs> and it was so liberating because I think I walked away from that experience going, oh yeah, some people are going to think I'm nuts or stupid. Right. 
or careless or negligent or whatever it is that the person on the receiving end that's so outraged by my typo <laughs> is feeling. And I guess that's all right. I guess they think I'm stupid. It, yeah. Know? I mean, when your kid's life is on the line, you're not going to hold back. Right. Right. And that and gave I was just going to say, and does it matter if what you're telling the doctor is grammatically correct or <laughs> is it more important that you convey your concerns? Right. So, so right. over, over the years, since we started talking about this, we've kind of accumulated this list and I went back through our, let me hear them text. Well, one of the things we just talked about too, that I sent you was that, um, Recently, Travis Kelsey on on his and his brother's podcast, he was Travis was ex, excoriated, if that's the right word, yes. for um, misspellings in tweets from 2011. Yes, like, yes. Does that matter? You know, I love that because, and I heard that, and he was pretty cool about it. You know, I think I remember one of them saying, hey, squirrels should be spelled like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's spelled incorrectly. And I think that, I think sometimes it boils down to we are so merciless with one another. You know, for example, I'm a different person than I was in 2011. And then I'm a different person than I was in 2001. And then, right. you know, so number one, we are evolving and we just, we just don't have mercy to, and compassion and just this ability to laugh it off. Everyone loves that gotcha moment. Yeah. Yeah. When and you and I pick out the typos, it's just, we don't really search for them. We just kind of come across them. and. It's for us, it's a moment of like relatable levity. Like here's yes. somebody else who can be in our typo club, you know? That's it. That's like, it, Stacy. We, we think it's funny. Oftentimes we've shared funny typos and there's never, when you and I go back and forth about a typo or we text or whatever, we're never looking at that person or that organization like this is horrible. Right. Yeah. We're not judging them at all. We're sort of just, we're with them. <laughs> we're with That's it. Do you have any good ones that we found? Oh, we've got lots of good ones. Like, well, recently the new speaker, this was more of an omission. He said, I refuse to put people over politics. And the headline was that that was a typo. It was, it should be, I put, I put people or I refuse he should have he was probably trying to say I refuse to put politics over people That's but instead right. he said I refuse to put people over politics right so the typo was caught in the headline but then the fact that it was a typo became the headline so right and you know that's interesting because I think that people looked at that and said we believe that you meant what you said <laughs> yeah <laughs> We believe, you know, I think that that's maybe, you know, maybe that wasn't a typo. <laughs> right. Right. We don't know. <laughs> yep. Um, one of my, one of my personal favorites was SEPTA. Um, they put a new sign. I believe it was in the Conshohocken area. I don't know the train stations out there, 
But you know how at the train station it says, you know, to Doylestown or to Philly, like whichever direction yes. you're going. Yes. So it said they misspelled, Septim misspelled Philadelphia. Oh, right. Um, and this was at a, a sign at a brand new train station. So yep. it was, you know, it was clearly a typo. They, um, I think they left out an E in between the D and the L. But, you know, that's like a, SEPTA is a pretty huge organization and a sign at a train station when that's kind of your business doesn't look good. But, hey, I think there's a million other things that SEPTA does that's more important, you know, safety, <laughs> safeties of the passengers, the train schedules, managing everything, making sure that there's the um, stations are safe too. So in the scheme of things, it's a huge, you know, it's kind of a black eye in that moment, but is it really a big deal? Yeah, but you know, what's funny when you sent me that, I think you were the one that found that and you sent it to me. My immediate thought was, oh, that poor, poor whomever, because the other thing that people do, and I remember this, I mean, it just depends on your business, your organization, the way you run things. But mm -hmm. I remember where I was, it was all about well, who did this, who's responsible oh. for this, who's to blame, which I think is so pointless. I mean, it's done, fix it, move on. But it was a very like, well, who made this mistake so that, and then that creates this kind of culture where you're like, well, you proofed it or you wrote it. And that's when I saw that, I thought, oh, that poor person, whomever it was that ultimately had to fall on the sword for the misspelling of Philadelphia. <laughs> I feel you, buddy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I you feel are. you. They are in our club. They have like an officer position in our That's club. right. That's right. <laughs> We're in the executive <laughs> executive board of our club. Absolutely. Absolutely. Free coffee. <laughs> Free coffee. Well, <laughs> you sent me a sign about a craft fair that was taking place in Ottsville, I think. And um, mm -hmm. I was just so excited about the craft fair, but <laughs> you were sending it to me because there was a typo. And I think it was... Um, discounts right wasn't that it yes i don't remember i remember seeing it but i don't remember what the typo was oh no it was disappointed there were there were two s's in disappointed oh, and i right. didn't i didn't pick that up and um I, disappointed should have two s's it should be <laughs> i mean so much of it you know the weird thing about and believe me, I grew up where we really cared about grammar. I have been a voracious reader, love to write. I've been really meticulous about grammar. I hate certain things. They rub me the wrong way. Like, But most of what I hate as it relates to grammar is when somebody tries to sound more important. You know, like they say, the book was entitled, blah, blah. I'm like, you're wow. entitled to say that. But still, can't you just tell me the title of the book? Calm down. You don't need the extra EN. You know, stuff like that irritates me. But Stacy, can you believe I completely forget where I was going with this? Oh, I, Disappointed. <laughs> oh, right. I was thinking the English language, it's, it's such a hodgepodge. 
of other languages and you know right. it's, it's, it reflects our melting pottedness so we kind of can calm down about it it's changed so much and the, the rules years. yeah the rules yes. are are screwy so just i don't know disappointed maybe it should have two s's so maybe, <laughs> maybe they were well, making a statement that's right right because everybody says you know, or they used to say, you know, don't diss me or whatever. Maybe they're just trying to like <laughs> merge. But even when I was, I majored in journalism and there was like the AP style manual and that was kind of our like little Bible. And right. so I remember back then in the dark ages, when I was learning this, you couldn't put an S on the word toward, like I'm walking toward you. I'm, tr I'm moving toward... Now everybody puts an S on tours and they say, I'm walking towards you and, huh. and life goes on and it's acceptable. I think it might even be on the dick in the dictionary both ways, but my brain hears it. And I'm like aghast. <laughs> There's <laughs> those words like you. that. Yeah. I've heard people say, um, alls, like oh. alls I want for Christmas. And, oh. but I've heard you know, very educated people use that word. Yes. Yes. There's another one. I can't remember that just when I hear it, it, it does, it rubs me the wrong way. I don't think I would write a letter like some people do when I, they discover my typo, but I do kind of, you know, oh, really, you know, and there's one, um, Oh gosh, I can't remember it. I have to, I'll, I'll probably, I probably will remember it after we're off the air, but there's this one version of an expression that rubs me the wrong way, but and I've learned. Oh, you go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I've learned it's because it's like in the Midwest. That's what they say. And maybe it's because they were speaking German and it's like a German, you know what I mean? Who knows? Right. But what were you going to say, Stacey? There's another word. It's bothering me. I can't think of what it is right now, but people mispronounce it all the time. And now it's become acceptable to use the. Mispronunciation. The, well, yeah. The incorrect pronunciation. Um, but another one that we learned about, I was reading on my spare time, fun facts about the constitution. <laughs> As one would. Especially one who worked in government like Stacey did. Doesn't everybody? Um, so in the Constitution, Hamilton misspelled Pennsylvania. Yes. And it's, I think they only gave it one N. And there it's you go. in the original Constitution, according to fun facts about the Constitution. So I don't want anybody saying I... <laughs> It was, it was actually in a book. I, it wasn't just Googled. It was in a little. Book oh, right. So. Well, here's the thing, you know, it, Pennsylvania was also kind of new <laughs> and who knows how we're going to be spelling anything. Like look at our last name. Like, I think my, you know, I, I was always growing up. My last name was Sullivan and that was spelled a whole different way, apparently in Ireland. And right. I remembered the word. What was so the word? The other word that drives me crazy is the word is regardless. 
But oh. people often say irregardless. Yes. And it's become so common that that is now an acceptable word. See, that use. drives me crazy because yeah. that goes into the thing where I think people are just trying to sound more officious. And that's an irritant for me where, you know, the word itself is not good enough. I have to sound smart. So I'm going to just add a couple of syllables here or, right. you know, but I also will say that a thing that's now in the vernacular that used to, you used to have to say so much fun. That was so much fun. And if I got it wrong and I said, so fun, my parents would correct me. You know, you have to have that modifier. It's so much fun. But now, so fun is acceptable. And I'm trying to go with it. I'm trying to say, yes, Amanda, it's okay. It's okay. So fun. If something is so fun or so much fun, just be happy that fun was had. Where I grew up too, I in New Jersey, I feel like we used more words. Like we would say, I'm going to the prom or I'm done with it. And here people say, I'm going to prom and also I'm, I'm done it. Like, yeah, I, I don't know where that came from. I'm done it. I don't know, but I will tell you when I, I went to IUP, which was near like the Pittsburgh area, Indiana, Pennsylvania, and people left out the words, the phrase to be. So in other words, I would approach an elevator and there would be a sign and it would say elevator button needs pressed once instead of needs to be pressed once. Oh no. <laughs> or people would say my hair needs cut instead of my hair yes. needs to be cut. Yes. And I was like, what is happening here? Are we, have we just eradicated a little phrase from our vocabulary over here? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. They, so some of this is regional. Yeah. Sort of like when we grew up, well, I shouldn't say that, where I went to school, the whole comma, there was no Oxford comma. Oh my gosh, you didn't, right? right? In using yeah. the word and after a list, the last yes. word before and did not have a comma. So and when my with you, Stacey. My kids came home and, um, you know, I'm helping them with their homework which I could only do for like first, second, third grade by fourth yes. grade. <laughs> yes, I'm with you. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, no, 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 you don't need a comma there. And then they did their homework and it was all wrong. So who decides these things? Like who decided all of a sudden we need this extra comma? Well, okay. I have a story about the Oxford comma. So I hate it. And I just think, come on, calm down with the commas, right? But there was some sort of litigation and there was a contract and apparently Ooh. I think it was with truckers and because of a lack of the Oxford comma, the truckers won because wow. they said we should be, you know, entitled, see, I can use it there, that is entitled. <laughs> to, you know, so much money or whatever it was. So post that court case, which wasn't that long ago, I think all of a sudden everybody started like throwing the Oxford or yeah, the Oxford comma everywhere. And I'm still kind of resistant to it. Well, now yeah. I heard it's going away. Oh, well, good. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. yeah. So I have a question. 
when you were little, because here you are, you've been in these community leadership positions and you're, the information that you're sharing, I can see how it could be sensitive. You know, you want to get it right. You have a constituency in many of your roles. When you were younger, when you were growing up, what did you want to be when you grew up? Did you want to be a writer? Was it anything to do with words? When you were a little you know, girl. From a very young age, I felt um, the need to make things better or to make things right. So I remember, and, and my dad had always said, he said, you know, if you see a piece of paper on the ground, you've got a couple of choices. You can walk by it. You can pick it up and throw it away. You could pick it up, throw it away and tell other people why it's bad to litter. So that just stuck with me. And that's kind of how I've, you know, created this career out of doing that. But when I was 10 years old, we moved from one town to another over the summer and um, went to the new town's fireworks and They just were awful compared to my experience in the previous town. And at 10 years old, I was so upset by this. I wrote a letter to the editor, which God knows how many typos are in that, complaining about the fireworks in this town. And it got published. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So it started way back then. You know, and that... I just have to share, you know, one of my favorite Stacey Mahalan stories. So we've known each other professionally, you know, through our, you know, these roles that we've had right. within our community. And so I, th- I think we've shared that. And I think we share a desire to make the world better. And we share the fact that we're both um, the mother of these three daughters. We each have three daughters. But I have to say, you are amazing. And I always have said this. So let me tell my one Stacy story. There I am. I'm working at the chamber. It's a snowstorm. Everybody is without power, except the chamber offices. Somehow we had power. So I was able to get myself into work and through the snow and whatever it was. And in walks this woman. And she said, in a local, um, I would say like, this kind of elderly community, like a place for the elderly. They have no um, electricity and everybody who works there has gone home. And they're alone. They are sitting in the dark, cold with no food and no lights. And you work for the chamber and I want you to change this. So anyway, you know, there she is telling me I need to fix it. And what did I do? I called the congressman, which means I called Stacy <laughs> and said, do something about these people. And you, I mean, before I could blink my eye, were over there with blankets and soup And, you know, you handled it in such a glorious way. So I just had to, you know, tell you that is how you've approached so many things. I love that story because it sums you up, but that's not the only time I've turned to you or other people 
you know, in the community have turned to you for something. You're just somebody who knows how to navigate um, red tape or whatever it is that needs to be done and get it done. So shout out to Stacey Maholland for that. Well, thank you. And I really believe that's, you know, really a compliment to the community where we live because we are really well connected. We have so many people here that are just interested in serving their community and public service. So it's, we're blessed that we have this communicate community to be able to navigate in. And I think that speaks volumes of, you know, Bucks County. So yeah. Yeah. More about Bucks County, less about Stacy. Okay. Well, I don't believe that, but not that I don't believe Bucks County is fabulous because I do, <laughs> but I also believe Stacy's fabulous. So Back to the typos. Any other good ones that you have in there, Stacey? Yeah. So here's a here's a couple from our our list. And even though we've finally done the podcast, we still have to share. Um, you know, we come across these. Oh these my typos. gosh! Yes, this is our love language. <laughs> yes, I'll I'll save my favorite one for last. But there was in a newspaper correction sec called "Setting the Record Straight." It should have read that the bandmate was on drums but they said that the bandmate was on drugs so that's, oh, that's, a, biggie. that's a biggie that's a that's a biggie yep. yeah yes sort of like your crap soup instead right of your... changes everything changes everything <laughs> one little letter right um on the pa legislature website it was supposed to read co-sponsor but it said con sponsor so Yes. You could read into that a little bit. That's true. <laughs> I had also seen a couple of years ago, somebody was sponsoring a bill and it was supposed to be about brain disorders, but it was about Brian disorders. Oh, fascinating. Yeah, that yeah. could go down a whole path. Yeah, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, somebody posted on Twitter that they were selling their Audi. It was on Marketplace. And it said it was supposed to read, you would assume, immaculate condition, but it said emasculate condition. Ooh, sometimes you have to wonder about the psychology behind the typo. Right. Yeah. <laughs> was it the, you know, wife selling the husband's right. car from a That's right. or what? I recently went online for a pretty famous restaurant in New York. And it's, I was, it said, it should have said, leave your message on the website, but instead it said, leave your massage. Nice. Yeah. Sometimes I'm shocked that I can't even pick up these typos because I, oh. you know, as I've confessed the worst speller and the worst. No, grammar. you are good. So apparently there's a rare Minnesota twins Jersey worn by, and in addition to beds, Spelling and grammar next follows handwriting. Clyde Dope, Dope. I'm not sure if I'm spelling it correctly or not, but he, his uniform, they misspelled Minnesota on it and they uh, reversed the T and the O. So it was T O A instead of Minnesota. It was like Minnestoa. Oh, gotcha. That's not good. <laughs> And then I think you sent this one to me, a misspelling on the Cy Young Award um, trophy. It said, 
most val they spelled valuable wrong. It was like valuable instead of valuable. But my all-time favorite is one that you sent to me. Do you know where I'm going with this I, one? I do think I know where you're going, but go ahead. You tell me and I'll tell you if, if it is the one I'm thinking of. Well, you can have the glory because it was supposed no, you to tell me. stay vegetarian. Oh, right. But didn't it say like they made a mistake? The like, <laughs> right. And it was vegetarian. <laughs> and that is one that we go back to. But didn't you just send me, so that is your favorite, but you just sent me one that I thought was pretty funny. It was, it, or I sent it to you maybe, I'm not sure. It's, it was something that said choosing the right font is crucial. And it was 10 flickering lights, but because of the font, it looked yes. like 10 fuckering lights. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's a good one. So, yep. Yep. Yes. Well, no, we'll, we'll continue Stacy, because this is, this is the way, I mean, there is nothing more fun than seeing these. It's just fun. And, and it's, we have a lighthearted approach. We're not trying to out anybody or harm anybody, or we're not sitting down penning letters or sending emails. Like, did no. you know? And I think that is the difference. It's a lighthearted, like we're in this with you. We really we are not judgy. You are part of our club. That's it's right. a big tent club. Anybody who's ever had a typo is welcome. That's right. And, and yes, if you've had somebody call you, you out on it, you get like you're on the board. Then you get to be on the board yes. of directors of the club. Yep. So okay. You know. Well, Stacy, I'm going to do a speed round with you that has nothing to do with typos. It's just like okay. five questions that I like to ask people on the podcast. And okay. I, favorite vacation spot? Like a family vacation. My favorite one was when we went to Colorado and we went hiking and whitewater rafting. That was my personal favorite. My family, that was the pits. They would have rather have redone the beach at Turk and, Turks and Caicos like we did the year before um, I, where I was bored. So the following yes. year I planned it and it was great trying to get three teenage girls up every morning <laughs> to go hiking. And oh my gosh. Rafting. See, when you just said that, I was like, how are we friends? <laughs> <laughs> that would be like if I were sent to a Siberian prison camp or something. <laughs> so favorite meal. Somebody favorite says, Stacey, meal. you can have anything you want for dinner. It would probably be some sort of macaroni with gravy, mm, old school. Interesting. It, it needs to be cooked mostly by somebody's grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I would say any meal cooked by somebody's grandmother would I be like my favorite. That. Yeah. Favorite restaurant. If somebody said you can go to any restaurant, do you have a favorite? My favorite restaurant is Fornos of Spain up in Newark, New Jersey. Um, Spanish, Portuguese food and the impeccable service. You kind of feel like you've been transported almost back to like the 50s or 60s where restaurants were 
they weren't on every corner. It was, it was, it's, and they, it's just the staff is just so attentive. You think about what you want next and it's already in front of you and the food is delicious. Oh, that sounds great. Favorite, either like a show or a movie or a series. God, they're all so fleeting. I think one of the movies that I need to see once a year is Moonstruck with Cher. I just, she was so good in that. And just the family environment and um, just the, the little lessons and the cultural things that are in there just make me feel all warm and fuzzy. I love it. I want to, I want to watch that again. Um, favorite pastime, like what's your favorite thing to do? You've got a free day. You can do it any way you want. I'm good for walking in one of our beautiful parks that we have here in Bucks County. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And, you know, I have a question that I'm going to start asking people that I've never asked before on the podcast. What does, what is a soulful connection to you? So the title of the podcast is called soulful connections what does that mean to you to me it means there's something about another person you where we relate on such a level um that we are kindred spirits or soulmates on that i think one of the things that we share is raising three daughters. I mean, there's yeah. so many other things that we share, but I think the yeah. one thing that I initially connected with you on all those many years ago yeah. was raising three daughters. I agree with you. I mean, it was the one thing when I would see you, even before we knew each other well, I was like, oh, that's the one with the three daughters. <laughs> and I, I remember agree. I was at a, a uh, what was it? Parenting and family committee mm-hmm. meeting. And, um, Dawn, I was going around the room, everybody's doing introductions and just saying their name and, you know, a couple little tidbits. And I said, I have three daughters and, and you were expecting number three at that time. And Dawn Miller was sitting next to me and she said, you have three daughters. Here's my card. You're going to need to call me at some point. Because <laughs> <laughs> She's a therapist. We should add. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I did call her and she was remarkable. Yes. Awesome. Stacy. thank you for being just a, you're just one of my favorite human beings. You're just a really authentic, good, funny person. So thanks for being you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Keep laughing at these typos and not judging and, you know, hopefully everybody listening can find the humor and and appreciate yeah. a good typo now and then and That's just right. roll with it. And maybe they can even, like, depending upon who's listening, they can, like, calm down if they see a typo, too. You know, they can laugh rather than get mad, you know? Absolutely. So, yes. Well, thank you so much. And you know what? I feel like maybe we'll find some other topic that we can talk about. Anytime. Awesome. Great. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Thanks so much for tuning in. I love that there's a community of people who, like me, feel connection, finding authenticity and meaning in our lives, and really being intentional about the way we live 
um, is important. I, I love it. I love that I'm not alone in this. And I appreciate the people who come on the podcast and I appreciate you for listening. And I want to give a final shout out to William Aronson who wrote, produced, recorded the theme song for Soulful Connections. I will be forever grateful 